Thank you, Carlton. It's five, seven o'clock in Yerushalayim, and we're learning a little bit of the parish of Mishpatim, which we'll read in Shul this Shabbos, this coming Shabbos. You know that Torah, like, is a general term for all kinds of material, but and, and so you have to divide Torah. You have to be able to locate it in different ways. And one of the ways that we have of locating the Torah is the Mishnah, for example. The Mishnah deals in topics, topics that are part of the Torah. And if you learn through the entirety of the Mishnah, you've got a certain kind of hold on on the Torah. You know Torah. But there are other ways of dividing the Torah into sections. One of them is we say this Torah Shebichtav and Torah Shebaalpeh. Torah Shebichtav is written Torah. It's written down. And Torah Shebaalpeh is oral Torah. This distinction doesn't mean a lot today because in some way we've managed to overcome this limit and all of the Torah is written down today, written down and printed and published in one one language and another language. But was this always the case? When was the distinction between the written Torah and the oral Torah maintained? And what exactly is the distinction? Was why should there be a difference between written Torah and oral Torah? Aren't they both important? Isn't it true that we have to learn both? So let's look at a few sources that might help us. Shmot Perik Tedvav in the parish of B'Shalach, we learn the following psukim. We're going to learn the psukim in Rashi. Vayasa Moshe et Yisrael. Vayasa means he made them go. Nisiyah is that word. Vayasa. Moshe et Yisrael, he got them to, to move Mi Yamsuf from the Yamsuf where Kriyat Yamsuf was, where the water split and the Jews went through to safety and the Egyptians eventually were were killed. But Yamsuf to us, Yamsuf to us is the, the place and the event when Am Yisrael achieved that's what the Pasuk says, that, that somehow Emunah became part of Am Yisrael. So they went from Yamsuf to a place called Shur, Midbar Shur, the desert of Shur. And they were led by Moshe Rabbeinu into this desert of Shur. And they went for three days. In other words, they, they, they are coming to 
a kind of crisis. Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael just went through Kriyat Yamsuf. Kodesh took very good care of Am Yisrael, Yitziat Mitzrayim, and, and Kriyat Yamsuf. But now they are confronted by another challenge. It was, you never know, you never know theologically, right? And I don't mean to say to that we should affect anybody's emunah in this matter, but you never know if HaKadosh Baruch Hu took care of us yesterday, what the decision is about tomorrow. And that really is the essence of emunah. So, Vayaminu Bashem Moshe Avdo, that's Kriyat Yamsuf. That's what happened. It was like a great rush of Emunah. However, right after that, the next thing that happened is they went for three days into the desert. That means they, they thought about it. They thought about not having water. So what were they thinking about? They were thinking about the fact that we don't know for sure in spite of the fact that God has done wondrous things for us in the past, we don't know what's going to be in the in the future. You don't know what's going to be uh, in the in the future. Um, okay, one more pasuk, pasuk of Gimel. Bayavo Maratha. Bayavo Maratha. Maratha is a, a way of saying Maraz. Rashi will explain. They went to this place where there was only bitter water. The water was bit bitter. So here we have B'nai Yisrael in the desert, searching for water, hoping that God has not forsaken them, and suddenly they find out that the water that they are, the, the water that they find in the desert is bitter. Al-Kankarashimah eventually they, the name Mara was attached to that. Uh... Okay, the first comment that Rashi makes is grammatical. And since, you know, we don't like grammar that much, we'll try to move on. We'll move on to the... Yeah, it's all all grammar. Okay, let's go back to the pasuk. We're up to pasuk of Dalid. And the people complained. I mean, of course, the source of their complaint was a lack of trust in their own faith achievement. They themselves were not, so they complained to Moshe Rabbeinu. They said, Manishteh. Well, what should they have said? They should have said, well, we're sure that God will take care of us. We're sure that this bitter water that we have is not the end of the story. Right? And they they screamed out to God. We don't know if Moshe Rabbeinu told them to daven. They davened. And God showed them to Moshe Rabbeinu, singular, Moshe Rabbeinu, a, a, a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. 
And then it says, the pasuk that we're interested in, Sham sam lo chokum mishpat, visham nisam. Sham. In that place, right? What's the name of that place? Shur, Midbar Shur. Sham sam lo. In that very place, the place where the waters were sweetened by Moshe Rabbeinu, Right in that very place, Sham Samlo Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave them placed before them Chok Mishpat Choku Mishpat. I mean, Mishpat is the same word that starts the parsha of this week, Mishpatim, and we know that the parsha Mishpatim is a aggregate of halachot. In different areas, not just halachot between man and God, but halachot between man and man. Mishpat v'sham nisahu, as though there was a connection there. They were tried. They 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 had this this trial with the water. Nisahu is like a nisayot. Nisayot. So if you look at the Rashi, I will look at the Rashi, and you will also be able to see it. Yeah, Shamsamlo. You see it, Pasukape? Shamsamlo, Bemara, and the place called Mara. The Pasuk is, is where is Sham? Rashi says it's Bimara. In the place called Mara. Why is it called Mara? Because the water was bitter. He gave them, he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, gave B'nai Yisrael, gave them Miktzat Parshiyot Shel Torah. He gave them Torah. Miktzat Parshiyot Shel Torah, some of the real Torah material, real Torah, whatever that might be. Sheyit Asku Bahem. What does that mean? That they should be involved with them. Right? What's the brach we make on Talmud Torah? La sok. So that the verb that me, that Chazal used, that the, Torah, that the Torah also uses to tell us, learn Torah. They don't say lil mo Torah. They say la sok ba Torah. Because lil mo means this, it's like a, the something has a beginning and an end. Like you want to learn how to become a uh, a car mechanic, you want to learn how to become a baker or a cook. But la- Torah is different. Torah she has so she has scuba in. You you just have to be involved. That's what the mitzvah of Talmud Torah seems to be. For example, this is what God gave them: Shabbat, uparaduma, vidinim. Okay, that's what Rashi says. How does Rashi know that? It's in the Gemara, but but how does anybody know that? It doesn't say in the Torah what the halachas were. But they gave Shabbat to Paraduma Bedinim. Dinim means that you need Batei Dinim. But Dinim, as you know, is one of the Shabbat Mitzvot Bedei Noach. So why would God have to give them the Mitzvah of 
Yes. You wanted to ask a question? Moshe Menachem. No, Rabbi, I don't have a question. I'm sorry. Ah, okay. Sorry. Okay, so here we are. Here we are again. Shabbat. Now, what about Shabbat? Well, we'll have to get back to Paraduma is a mystery. Why was it in the desert that they had to know about Paraduma? Of course, you need a Paradama in order to have Kohanim or Taurim, not to make him. The Paraduma somehow affects the Tahara. And since in the parish of Truma, right, the parish of Truma, which is next week's parish, there's a specific direction or directive to B'nai Yisrael, Vasuli Mikdash, Vishachanti Bitocham. So since the, the first thing that B'nai Yisrael is going to do is to make a, a Mikdash, so I understand why they need the Paraduma. Why they have to learn the Hal, why it makes sense that there should be Paraduma. Okay, it makes sense. So the Shabbat, I wanted to say something about Shabbat. In the Pasha of Bishalach, which is the Pasha that we are involved in, the Pasha of Bishalach, there is the Pasha of Man. You remember the Man? God said, you'll eat man. God said, you'll eat man. What's the curious thing about man? That you, well, you go out to collect it. It's there every day. You collect it. You take as much as you need. You can't take more than you need. You take more than you need, it goes bad. And you won't be, you're not able to eat it. You're not able to eat it. However, when Shabbos comes along, there's no man. So what you have to do is get Pishnaim on Yom Shishi. You have to get for Yom Shishi and you have to get for Shabbos, the man. Now that is a, a, a profound insight into what we call Shabbat. Right? The Pasuk says, Vayivorech Vayikadesh, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a special attitude to the day of Shabbat. But how could we possibly emulate that? How could we do what the Kashmaru did? So, so the man teaches us that HaKadosh Baruch says to us, you know, you know it works. If you just do the man, you're keeping Shabbos. And that's how we know in our in our day, ultimately, and this is like an ultimate kind of knowledge, we know that Shabbos, on Shabbos, we can't do anything that we do during the week. So even though cooking is not something that you could you could say God did that, did cook Shabbos, did, but God said, you want to keep Shabbos, said to us, you want to keep Shabbos, this is what you do. Prepare everything on Friday. Prepare it on Friday and eat it on Shabbos. That's how you do it. That's what a Kodesh Baruch says. We could never say that on our own. Not something that, that makes sense to us. But if a Kodesh Baruch told us that that's how you keep Shabbos, so that's how you keep Shabbos. So that's what the, that's what the Parsha 
What I'm saying is that it says Sham Samlo Chokum Mishpat, Chokum Mishpat, that one of the Chukim is Shabbos, and that Bishalach is also the parsha of Man Bishalach. And then it says Bisham Nisahu, Sham Nisahu, Sham Nisahu La'am. They were they were challenged as a nation. Raakshiopan Shelo Raakshiopan and he saw their stubbornness, how they were not, you know, not able to be as they should have been. Why? Shelo Nimlichu bim Moshe. They did not ask Moshe's advice. Lo Nimlichu bim Moshe. In a nice way, they should be said to Moshe Rabbeinu, please ask Hakadosh Baruch Hu to have mercy on us. What happened? Nitlo Nenu. Nitlo Nenu means they complained. They complain for, for some reason, not clear at all. For some reason, Hakadosh Baruch Hu Sham Samlo, right? Because Bnei Israel were not were not uh, as they should be, and they complained. So Rashi Rashi tried to explain why God tested them. Why were they at this time? What were they? What did they have to be tested for? When you tested, it's usually that the tester, in this case, a Kodesh Baruch, is not is not obvious to him what it is that you where you stand in the class. What's your grade? Do you really understand or don't you understand? So God tested them, and Rashi said, "Rakshi arpan shalom they should have said to Moshe Rabbeinu, ask Hashem for mercy, or ask for mercy, for, for the mercy upon us. We need water. For Rashi, and maybe in the Chumash, the word tluna, complaint, is a, is a negative word. It's a word that means you shouldn't have complained. It's a way of talking. It's not the content. Not that they complained about the water. Okay, they complained about the water, but they didn't do it in the proper way. Don't they know that Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe Rabbeinu? And don't they know that he took them out of Mitzrayim? That Moshe Rabbeinu is bringing them to get the Torah? This is the, all the parish of Bishalach. All the parish of Bishalach. So now, well, I, I, we could learn the Ramban for, for a while, but it would take too long. So let's let us go to the next source. Shmot Perik of Dalit. Shmot Perik of Dalit is the end of Mishpatim. The end of Mishpatim, I mean, you have to remember, right? The Parashiyot of Matan Torah start with Yidro Shmot Vaera Bo Bishalach. Those four parashiyot are about Yitziat Mitzrayim. The good and the bad, the, the success and the lack of success. That's the first four parashiyot. Shmos, Vaera, Bo, Mishalach. 
Then comes Yitro. Yitro is the Pasha that has the Aseret that he brought in it. And then the rest of the, uh, and, and, and Mishpatim, the, the, is the Pasha that has a lot of Torah in it, plus, uh, the story about Moshe Rabbein, the Ten Commandments, Moshe Rabbein got in a moment. But he went back up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and received all of the Torah, Torah Shemichdav and Torah Shemichdav, which we mentioned at the beginning. So the end of the, of the parasha of Mishpatim, our parasha this week, this week's parasha is the story of Moshe Rabbeinu going up on the mountain for the 40-day sojourn on Har Sinai, at which time he received the Torah, whatever that might be. But in this story, we're going to see something that will help us to understand. Help us to understand. El Moshe Amar, Moshe Rabbeinu, God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, Alei El Hashem, go up, go up, meaning go up on the mountain, the mountain of the Har Sinai, Atah, so that you come up all of you together, but since you're all together, there's like a wide variety of people. You have to maintain meirachok. You can't come come close. And then Moshe Rabbeinu alone by himself goes closer to God, but the other people who are with him are not going to come to uh, to God. So in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah is telling us that Moshe Rabbeinu is with everybody. He he represents everybody. It's sort of, it's like everybody is coming with him, even though he goes by himself. The only one who could, uh, could kind of uh, function on that level of Kedusha, of sanctity, is Moshe Rabbeinu. But Moshe Rabbeinu is not going himself. He's going as the representative of Am Yisrael. So even though he's their representative, Am Lo it's very much like a shaliach, like a messenger, right? The messenger is sent by the community, but the community doesn't go with the messenger. And Moshe Rabbeinu came back by Yisapir. And Hamishpatim. So what are Kol Hamishpatim? Or maybe it's the Mishpatim in the Parsha Mishpatim that comes before Perak of Dalit. They, the et kol mishpatim means all of the things that are mentioned above. By yan kol ha'aminos b'nei Yisrael, by saper la'am et kol debrei Hashem, v'et kol ha'mishpatim that are in the parish of mishpatim, by yan kol ha'am kol echad v'yomru, kol ha'dvarim asher debrei Hashem na'aseh, everything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has told us, na'aseh. In other words, whatever God told us to do, now what did God tell them to do? So listen here. Pasuk Dalit. 
ואכתוב משה את כל דברי השם. משה רבנו wrote down כל דברי השם. In other words, משה רבנו invented. What did משה רבנו invent? משה רבנו invented תורה שבכתב. ואכתוב משה את כל דברי השם. Right, there were דברי השם. The words of God, like flying around in all over, like Moshe Rabbeinu could probably absorb them. Right, his receptors were so uh, uh, fine that they could catch on to Kol Divrei Hashem. And then Moshe Rabbeinu wrote them down. Vayishkem baboker, vayishkem baboker. He got up in the next morning. Right, vayishkem is a word that indicates. A devotion to mitzvahs. Right? You want to do the right thing? You want to get up? And he built the mizbech at the bottom of the mountain. And he put up 12 stones for the 12 tribes of Shifte Yisrael. Okay. So we don't really understand all of these things, but let's look at Rashi. Let's look at Rashi. Rashi. Uh, okay. Vel Moshe Amar Alei. You see that? You see the Rashi. Parsha Zone Emra Odem Aseret Adibrot. Rashi says. I don't know exactly what this parsha is talking about, Rashi says. After all, if Moshe had the Torah and he had Bishmatim, so, I mean, why did he write it down after he received the assert that they brought? That's like Rashi. Rashi so his answer is, parsha that they brought. Now, this is like a short story. You have to understand that according to Rashi, Rashi's opinion was it didn't matter. The chronological order of things in the Torah was not necessary. The Torah could write things in an incorrect chronological way. So here it wrote this parsha about Moshe Rabbeinu writing down the Mishpatim. He wrote, he, he, he said that parsha. That's what the Pasuk says. Rashi says, Rashi says, We know that Matan Torah was above Sivan. Okay, that's what Rashi says. You have to remember it, but uh, but we'll use it in a in a while. Here's the pasuk gimel. Pasuk gimel. Bobayom. Bobayom, as Rashi says, was arbaab b'sivan. Et kol debrei Hashem. Kol debrei Hashem. What's debrei Hashem? Words of God, Divrei Hashem. But Rashi says, Divrei Hashem, they're not mitzvot. 
mitzvat prisha v'hagbala, that when they received the Torah, they had to separate from their wives, the men from their wives, and they couldn't go up on the mountain. So there were like mitzvot prisha v'hagbala that were really, we call that Tvar Hashem, because they're not mitzvot that, they're not mitzvot. Mitzvot go on forever. These things didn't go on forever. And then it says, So we took a guess. We said maybe Mishpatim is the beginning of the parsha of Mishpatim. So Rashi says, Sheva mitzvot shenitztavu b'nei noach v'shabbat v'kavod avahem upara aduma v'dinim shenitnu lahem b'mara. Okay, the, the order, the list is a little bit different here, but in other words, the, the pasuk says, the pasuk says v'kol ha-mishpatim everything that B'nai Yisrael received. And again, Rashi emphasizes that there were special mitzvot that were knowledgeable for B'nai Yisrael before Matan Torah. It's as though mitzvot, in order to receive the Torah, you have to know the Torah. You can't receive something that's unknown. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's not a gift. It doesn't... It doesn't uh, 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 impress or influence the receiver. So you have to receive something, something that you know something about, that you know it's worth receiving. Okay. Okay, Pasuk Dalit. Let's look at the Pasuk again. Well, what is that talking about? Look at Rashi. Vayichtov Moshe, you see the Rashi? I'll underline it. Vayichtov Moshe, because this is uh, one of the critical Rashis in the Torah. Vayichtov Moshe, mibreshit v'ad matan Torah v'katav mitzvot shenitztavu b'mara. So Moshe wrote things down. And if you ask me, what did he write down? What did Moshe Rabbeinu write down? He wrote down the Torah that was not going to be part of Matan Torah. And the reason that it's not going to be part of Matan Torah, because they knew it already. Which Torah did they know already? Bibreshit v'ad Matan Torah. In other words, I don't know, everybody knew it in their own way. It was like a Torah Shemal Peh before Vayichtov Moshe. And Moshe Rabbeinu turned it into Torah Shebichtav. He wrote up the Torah Mibreshit Vad Matan Torah. You know that Rashi asked that question, why did, why did the Torah start from why did the Torah start from Briyat HaOlam? It didn't start from the first apostle because it was given the first mitzvah that was given to Bnei Yisrael, which was Achodesh Zelochem. So you see, you see the whole of Breshit, the whole of the book of Breshit, until Matan Torah, according to Rashi, according to Rashi, was part of 
Moshe Rabbeinu converting the Torah Shabal Peh. People knew the stories of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. They knew it Baal Peh and the Torah Shabichtav. And that's what Rashi says, Vayichtov Moshe. Vayichtov Moshe. And Rashi, Rashi explains me, Breshit, Vaad Matan Torah. Breshit, the parasha of Breshit. Matan Torah, parasha of Yitro. Vikatav. And he added to that, to that writing, Mitzvot Shenitztavu Bimara. So the Mitzvot Shenitztavu Bimara, they knew already it was Torah Shemalpeh. And Moshe Rabbeinu again converted into Torah Shemichtav. Torah Shemichtav, Eichtav Moshe. He wrote it. Pasuk Zion, skip Pasuk Vav, Pasuk Zion, Baikach, Sefer Abrit. Baikra Baznea Amba Yemukolashe de Beashev Naaseven Ishma. He took the Sefer Abrit. Sefer means something that's written down. And Brit is a word that represents an agreement, a covenant. And he took the Sefer Abrit. He, Moshe Rabbeinu, took the Sefer Abrit. And he read it out loud, which is something that you can do to a written text. And Moshe Rabbeinu had this special talent, this special quality that he was able to turn Torah Shabbat into Torah Shabbat. He turned Torah Shabbat into Torah Shabbat. And that's what Rabbi Yehuda Nasi did when he wrote the Mishnah. He turned Torah Shabbat into Torah Shabbat. And that's, but let's look at the Rashi before we get to that. Sefer Abrit. So the question is, what is Sefer Abrit? What is Sefer Abrit? What? I tell you, my husband's in the chamber and I'm listening. Thank you. Okay. See, there was a question, how could he write the Mishnah? Because the Mishnah is, what he did was turn Torah Shabbat Peh to Torah Shabbat and that's prohibited. But we learned from Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu had this option of turning Torah Shabbat Peh, which he received from heaven, into Torah Shabbat Vayichtov, Pasuk, Pasuk Talat Vayichtov Moshe, and called the Hashem, and he wrote down everything that Hashem told him in this area of Tvar Hashem, and, and uh, so that includes 
as Rashi says in Pasuk Gimel, Mitzvot Purisha V'Hagbalah, and then again in, uh, in Pasuk Dalet, he says, Mitzvot Shenitztavu B'mara. Mitzvot Shenitztavu B'mara means Shabbat and Paraduma Kibbutavayim and Dinim. Those are the, they, they, they're not always all in place, but that's the idea. That's the idea. And then I, I added on in our talking about it also that man, man may have been what Shabbos is. Shabbos, how do we, what do, where do you learn about the Lachot Shabbat? We learn about the Lachot Shabbat with the man because the man says that uh, there's a way of keeping Shabbat even for B'nai Adam. You know, we would say, how could you keep Shabbat? Because Shabbat is something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created, but we can't really imitate it. We have no way of imitating Shabbat. Okay, have a good Shabbos. I'm sorry about what happened, but I have no way of dealing with it. All the best. Thank you, Rabbi. Good Shabbos. Rabbi, good Shabbos. Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you.